Trendy is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. to another edition of Trendy, presented by Oklahoma the show where we like to compete while exploring the best ways to wager for casual cappers, and I have crowd favorite Eddie Murphy back this week. It's been two months since he appeared on the show, and Eddie, we absolutely have to do better than we did last time when I beat you, but the final score was as embarrassing for me as it was for you by only like 0.4 points higher. I finished with six units on the entire week, and you finished with 5.6, so this was the fantasy equivalent of winning a game like 55-53. And we have to outperform this time if we want to have the opportunity to continue to be on these mics. Yeah. uh, And unfortunately for me, I think I jinxed myself right before we got on air. And I said, this is a really easy week to bet on hockey because you have a lot of great teams playing some uh, not so great teams. And I feel like I just uh, dug my own grave there. But look, uh, I'm confident in these bets. I know later in the week we'll get some uh, NFL heavy bets with the title games. I'm looking forward to that. But as always, I am just glad to be back on at a very fun time of year for sports. Well, I think I can do better because ever since I played you last time, I've gone on a bit of a run. I've won seven of my last nine, including last week against Brad Evans. And I ended up victorious because of 21 units to 17.6 units. And I was able to ride the one and only Patrick Mahomes to victory. Giving out his over one and a half was the exact margin I needed. He cashed it twice to Kelsey. And that leads us into our quick topic for this morning before we get into our bets. Eddie, after you watched yet another division loss from a Josh Allen-led team, after we saw Dak Prescott, flame out the week before what do you think these teams have to do like they have to approach the situation from one of two angles they either have to say we have guys that are good enough to get us to this level but not clearly good enough the track records in to get us to the promised land or they have to say well getting us this far is good enough and how many teams can say that they're a constant threat to get to the division so where do you think like the cowboys and bills find themselves after these early exits from the playoffs I love that question. Um, you know, but starting with the Cowboys uh, with an earlier exit, I think they are more on the coaching end of it being an issue uh, than than like the personnel. Because if you look at like the stuff, you know, their stats, uh, Dak Prescott led the league in touchdown passes. CeeDee Lamb led the league in receptions this year. I believe Micah Parsons had the most pressures um, for an edge guy. Uh, Deron Bland, interceptions. Like, uh, uh, obviously, their kicker, Aubrey, Notre Dame soccer player, um, led the league in, in kicking. Like, they had arguably the best player at, at, at every position. You can say what you want about Dak being the best quarterback, but statistically he was great this year. So I do think it's more of a coaching thing. I think Mike McCarthy is probably not a great playoff coach. He somehow got over the hump, um, you know, with Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and say what you want about Rodgers. But I feel like that says a lot about him to kind of overcome the Mike McCarthy head coaching issue. Uh, and that team was not that talented. So it shows you how great Rodgers was in his prime. But I, I just think their issue is get a new head coach, a new voice in the locker room. Hockey's like a sport where if the message of the coach goes dry and the, the team kind of falls out of uh, favor with them, they'll remove the coach and it doesn't matter how good the team has been. And I think that's kind of the case in Dallas. So I would move on from McCarthy. Whereas the Bills, I think the Bills, this is more of a roster thing. Like they, like Josh Allen is incredible. I would trade anything on uh, my team for Josh Allen. I think he is that good and can 
pretty much put a team on his back like he was doing. Because if you look at them right now, Stevon Diggs has been irrelevant since like, you know, the beginning of November. Uh, Gabe Davis, who is pretty hit or miss too in terms of when he plays, but he hasn't been playing this playoffs. And then you go look, you know, James Cook had a couple nice games. They've kind of incorporated this rushing offense more so than they have uh, ever in Buffalo. It was always a team that did not care about the position, but uh, Cook's been, I guess, a plus for them. And then you have these two tight ends. You go draft Kincaid and you have Dawson Knox. Like, why aren't you doing what the Patriots did back in the day with uh, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez? You run more two tight end sets, get them involved more. They weren't doing that. And then defense, they were missing like half their starters in defense. So I don't know what we expected out of the Bills, um, but it was a heroic effort by Josh Allen. He falls short. I don't think he deserves the brunt of the blame he's getting. So I think these two different teams have just like vastly different issues they need to fix uh, going into next season. Well, you know, you make the big money. You're the big glamour boy for the NFL. You're going to cast the brunt of the blame, even if it doesn't fall on you. But I can't imagine very few people in the moment who know football were watching that game and say the Bills have a Josh Allen problem. I would say right. even the Cowboys, you're watching the game. It's not a necessarily a Dak Prescott problem. And it seems like the margins are just so fine. Like at this level, right? Like you get into the divisional round, most of the cupcakes are going to be cleared way out of the way. Maybe you did have somebody who sneaked in the back door of the playoffs. They got hot in the wild card round and you're able to get a team that you're wildly more talented than. But that's not the most common scenario. The most common scenario is you're playing kind of a coin flip game. And the best things about the, the Dak Prescotts and the Josh Allens of the world in a lot of ways is they allow you to keep accumulating more coins to flip. Like if you fall out of these guys can deliver regular seasons, these guys can get you into wild cards, individual rounds. And once you're in like the 13 second game, absolutely could have gone the other way. We wouldn't be questioning Josh Allen uh, anymore. Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl could have gone the other way and we would have had a million questions about him, but we don't because he won the one. And so I think in a lot of sports, I mean, you brought up hockey, like this is often true. Like I think about my own fandom, right? Like the Virginia Cavaliers, they kept getting into the NCAA tournament as a one, two or three seed or whatever it is for almost a decade straight. And then they lose as a one seed one year. They come back and win the next year because their coach and their style kept uh, delivering points to flip. Washington Nationals, the same in 2019. Like you went through a, a decade of making the playoffs and you kept having these brutal losses and eventually it comes up your way. So I think if you're saying this is Allen's fault or our Dak's fault or any quarterback's fault, who's like clearly a top 10 guy, then what's the alternative? Because moving away from him, how are you going to get these coins to flip? And aren't your margins actually going to expand instead of contract? I, again, great point. It's, uh, I, I love the people who are online and there's a ton of Cowboys fans online who get like to be, uh, active in the Twitter community and stuff. And always react to like, you know, the skip Bayless's of the world. And they're like, you got to move on from Dak Prescott. It's like, all right, well, Dak Prescott threw 36 touchdown passes. So where are you getting a guy that's going to throw 37 touchdown passes on the open market? Because those guys are never available. And the other thing, and this is something that you're going to experience now, Toby, and me slightly to an extent, um, with the NFL draft upcoming here and, you know, when you're picking like a quarterback and I'm pretty sure the commanders are looking to get a quarterback. It's like, you know, mortgaging everything, like get that guy. You need to get, you need to hit on this franchise quarterback in this draft to change everything. And I think we're in a weird spot now in the NFL where it's like sell out for the guy. I don't necessarily abide by that. Look at the NFC. There's plenty of teams that don't have, you know, top three to five guys that are succeeding. Obviously the bills, the bucks, um, you know, obviously, and, and the, the, the Niners with Brock Purdy here, but it, you know, it's such a weird time now where like last year we killed Lovey Smith for winning that game, getting the second pick for the Texans. And then Bryce Young goes first. And then they're like, oh, they missed out on Bryce Young. Like he's the guy. CD Stroud, like, you know, bad test taker. He's not going to do it. 
And then CJ Shroud has an incredible year. I know they just lost to the Ravens. Bryce Young looks terrible, but not fully on him. Uh, I do think the Panthers are a bad situation. So it's a weird thing now where even you're, you're tanking to get that next quarterback to fix your problems, quote unquote, the quarterback may not even hit because it's such a, a crapshoot now where it's not even a sure thing. So it's also very dicey to rely on the draft and expect this guy to come in and be better than when you had previously. Um, I think we have to stop putting this pressure, immense pressure on the quarterback to expect him to kind of cover all flaws. Not everyone's Patrick Mahomes. And I think you should look more in the Niners route of like, obviously having a great GM and a great head coach helps you, but building a really great roster. And it shows you how bad they were the Niners this year. And they lost those games, not having Trent Williams left tackle, not having Devo Samuel, who's like one of the most versatile players in the NFL. Uh, and then obviously having guys like CMC and Ayuk and, and Kittle and the defense is loaded. That's how you should be building teams because the quarterback becomes less of a, of an issue. Um, yes. Brock Purdy may struggle sometimes and he's not going to be what Josh Allen is, but at the same time, it's like you have a phenomenal roster that can also help carry you the way because if your quarterback could always have bad games, if they have a bad game, then you're screwed. And at least the Niners yeah. and teams like that have the ability to kind of overcome that, which they just did versus the Packers. So if I was a GM, if I was an owner, I would build a team sort of in that direction. Yeah, I think it's important to remember, and Sheck always says this, they only give out the one Lombardi, right? So, like, mm -hmm. each franchise in a vacuum, absent their talent, absent their abilities, absent their access to capital, and the desirability of their market and everything else, you're looking at an expected Super Bowl once every 32 years. So mm -hmm. then you have to look at, like, how am I going to outperform that in a vacuum by removing the vacuum and say, this is how I'm going to, you know, kind of strip way past that and win three in 10 years or whatever it might be. I mean, wherever the Chiefs and the Patriots and other budding dynasties can end up. But I think it's all like quarterback gets all the attention. We have a platform. It's going to naturally be something for us to talk about because people want us to talk about it. But I think in some ways, Eddie, it's almost just a binary question. Can the guy who's currently your signal caller, has he proven that he can be one of the primary reasons you win the title? Like if you have a guy where he's the sole reason you win the title, like Mahomes, or not sole reason, but pretty close, like Godspeed, like you've hit the lottery, like, you know, count your championships. But once you get a guy who's un over this line, then it becomes about roster construction around him and like, you know, the right contracts and things like that. Anybody who's under that line, the worst thing you can do is treat him like he's over that line and never evaluate your team appropriately. And so, like, I look at Dak, Dak Prescott and I can say, I can see Dak Prescott being, you know, uh, one of the primary reasons the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. I honestly feel that way about Josh Allen. I don't feel that way about Kirk Cousins. Like, there's a line. I don't know if it's the Kirk Cousins line or wherever it is that you're on the other side of it. I think it takes probably, I don't know. I don't know the exact number. Maybe a, a data nerd out there can dig into it a little bit more for us, but like say 50 games to evaluate this one binary question, because like Gino Smith looked incredible last year. Then he came back down to earth a little bit. Like we've seen Matt Ryan have an MVP level season. Like we've had seen guys that did it over one, but if you built your team around Gino Smith and gave him a big contract, you're probably locking yourself into, you know, non-divisional round appearances for a long time. So I think that's the actual way to a quarter, uh, evaluate the position. If the question is, can this quarterback actually, actually win a Super Bowl. Yeah, the Kirk Cousins is a great one to bring up. I, I do feel like, personally, I think Kirk could win one if he was on a team. Like, obviously, we put him on the Niners right now. We'd feel a lot better about the Niners. That makes sense. But, I think no, but the decision is to, to be not perfect. To cut you off, Eddie. Not to cut you off, but that's the point. You're yeah. trying to find ways to win around him. You're yeah. not winning through him. And yeah. if you're trying to find ways to win around him, he's on the wrong side of the binary line. That's right. Uh, I think we will be introduced to a very interesting case study uh, this upcoming offseason with Justin Fields, because now we're going to see 
a team and I'm assuming that the bears are going to give up on him. And then that's their way of saying like, we don't think he could be the guy, but then you have other people around the league saying like, you can get a first round pick from him. So let's just say he ends up in, in Atlanta, uh, winnable division. Uh, they drafted B. John Robinson. They have him behind. They have Kyle Pitts, who was supposed to be an all world tight end coming out of Florida. And then you have Drake London, uh, you know, Cordell Patterson, a bunch of guys on offense that could help him out a lot better of a situation than he's been in, uh, in Chicago with constant regime changes and front office changes and not a lot of talent around him. I know they did get DJ Moore. If he goes to to Atlanta and they win 10, 11 games and they win the division, Justin Fields looks like the guy. And I think he is capable of that. Obviously, what he could do with his legs helps him. Then it's just like we really don't have any idea about quarterbacks and 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 neither do teams. Like it's it's really a crapshoot again, like what you see on Twitter and what we're saying on these platforms is the same exact thing that the Bears are doing. Like, yeah, we don't think he could do it. And it's instead of like looking inward and saying, How can we help build around him and fix this team, put a better coach, um, you know, next to him or give him at least an offensive coordinator that could work with him instead of hiring a defensive mind and coach, which I find bizarre. Um, and then he goes somewhere else and then he burns you. And then you're now going to be back in this crapshoot again of like, do I take, we take Caleb Williams? Like, all right, well, Caleb Williams won the Heisman last year. He was great, but USC struggled this year and he fell out of the Heisman race and he was like a huge favorite to win it. And it just yeah. shows that like, again, this is such a tough decision to make. And it's such a tough thing where we never know when the right quarterback is going to land in your spot. And we saw it last year where it was not the first overall pick. So I would be really spooked to take a quarterback in these drafts. I don't care if Caleb Williams and Drake may are like, you know, some of the best prospects, you just never know. And I, I think if you see a sure thing in the NFL, I'm more inclined to stay with the sure thing and build around them and try to improve that guy to cross your binary line that you're talking about. It's so hard, though. I mean, Chase Young was a sure thing coming out of Ohio right. State when the Redskins drafted him, and then they give him away for basically nothing at the trade deadline. So yeah. maybe there are no such things as sure things. What you have to be very careful for if you're uh, talking ahead, like discussing this, or you're a fan of one of these teams, is don't forget how the other half lives. The Redskins have had 36 different starting quarterbacks since they last won the Super Bowl. Like, mm -hmm. you can look at the Packers and say they've had three guys. Like, we could just be the Packers. You can't. Like, it's like saying, well, we should just hire Tomlin or Belichick and have coaching stability. Like, these guys are absolute freaks. They're absolute outliers. And using them as a repeatable model is a joke. Like, most of the time, you end up with 36 quarterbacks, and you keep searching as you try to finally clear this line decade after decade after decade. Yeah. I mean, and, and now we're in this league where the AFC, you have to have the the Lamar Jacksons, the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, the Joe Burrows, or you're not going to stand a chance. And we have the NFC where it's like, yeah, former first overall picks bounce around and then come to our team and you'll find a way to get there. And, you know, the Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield and and Mr. Relevant and Brock Purdy. So the league's in a very different place here, depending on what division or conference you're in. And then guys who do lead the league in touchdown passes, their jobs, like, see their security is up in the air with a guy like Dak Prescott, a guy like Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl last year. They could have won the Super Bowl. The Eagles, they're right there. Now people are saying, they, you know, is he really that good? Was he propped up by the team? It just shows that, like, the NFL and the fans and the media surrounding it is very prisoner of the moment. And really the only way to cure that is to win Super Bowls and, I guess, consistently be deep into the playoffs. Because if you don't do that, you start to get questioned. And I, I think we're a little too reactionary. Um, and I think sometimes you do get rewarded by patience, like some of these franchises have shown. But uh, again, I understand it's a business and decisions need to be made very, very quickly. Um, so yeah, the shelf life, if you're not showing any talent, you know, in a year or two, then it's like, all right, we're going to find the next guy. And that's like kind of the, the scary part of the NFL and playing the hardest position.
Yeah, and I will say if the Lions actually end up knocking out the Niners by some miracle and with, with Goff at quarterback, who's somewhere around this line, right? Like you can ask 100 people and some, you know, 52% will put them over, 48% uh, would put them under. If they actually knock out the Niners and go and Goff is not like just the absolute reason why, then I think Sheck is right. Like all of a sudden the most happy people in the world are Ben Johnson's agent and guys like them where you can take – uh, a off the field hire like a uh, like a play caller that doesn't count against your salary cap and that actually makes the difference of moving you from a you know middle of the road team to a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I, I think also sometimes people are married to their takes where it's like if if Jared Goff and the Lions do win this game, it's like well now he's been in two Super Bowls and that was like the least memorable Super Bowl ever. Um, they weren't didn't show really anything on offense in that game versus the Patriots, but like the Rams in theory could have won it because it wasn't a blowout. So now if he gets to a second Super Bowl, I think people just have it in their head. They're like, oh, we already decided like determined that Jared Goff is not a good quarterback. He's on an upper tier quarterback, and now you kind of have to go back and be like. I mean, is he Mahomes? No. Is he Lamar Jackson? No. Is he ever going to win an MVP? Most likely not. But the guy can get you there if you have the pieces around him. So, again, like that's why I just know it's easier to fill out a roster and find a somewhat good head coach slash OC uh, and I guess DC as well than it is to like hit on the Patrick Mahomes, who is a generational player. You're not going to get a lot of them. And again, that he was in a draft too with Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Watson. So like the teams that picked before the Chiefs, the Chiefs had to trade up to get him. Uh, I believe they traded with the Bills, which is pretty funny, which actually gave him the pick for Josh Allen. But like that just shows that like the, the teams don't have this right. So no one knew. Um, so yeah, again, like I said it before, if I was a GM, I'm certainly building it in the way where it's a lot easier to find the guy who is like, yeah, he's good enough. And if we have a good team, we'll get there with him. Like that's, that's fine. Fine by me. All right. Well, speaking of good enough, that's the target I'm setting for my picks. Not only just good enough, we'll get to them right after this break for Caesars. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles see caesars.com slash promos for full terms void where prohibited know when to stop before you start gambling problem arizona call 1-800 next step colorado wyoming kansas affiliated with kansas crossing casino call 1-800-522-4700 indiana call 1-800-9 with it iowa call 1-800 bets off louisiana call 1-877-770 stop licensed through horseshoe bossier city and harris new orleans massachusetts call 1-800-327-5050 or visit 
visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Okay, Eddie, we are back. And uh, full disclosure, pull back the curtain. I am pretty sick, so we ended up taping a little bit later today on Monday. I apologize for that. Apologize for my audio as well. I am not tip-top. So we are going to focus as much as we can on Tuesday action, but I know we also have some Monday as well because you have some bangers of hockey picks that you are dying to get out. But since I won last week and I beat you last time in the head-to-head, it's only right I claim honors here on this Monday. We will start in the heart category, and I am continuing a trend that I played last week, Eddie. My heater last week was top 10 teams in the NCAA on Moneyline Parlays, and I'm continuing that this week. Not for the heater, but just uh, picking and choosing throughout the week. And I'm going to start with North Carolina uh, and Kentucky. You put them together, it's minus 101. Now, North Carolina plays on Monday night, so if you listen to this too late, I would suggest Houston as a substitute on Tuesday night, and that would actually get your odds even higher. But if you are able to get this bet in on Monday, uh, North Carolina is the option opposite of Kansas for me. Kansas is the only team that's actually cost me this bet in the last three weeks, and I've been making it quite a bit. And UNC comes through almost every time. They have Wake Forest at home tonight. I'd be surprised to see them struggle against the Demon Deacons in their first game this year versus a ranked opponent. And and Kentucky's going against a similar squad. South Carolina hasn't beat a ranked opponent all year. Kentucky's firepower is outrageous. Ivasic looks sick in his debut, adding even more options to a team that doesn't need them as they routinely, routinely threaten 100 points. So you have these two top 10 teams that are rolling right now. You put them together, ignore the spreads. They're definitely better than their opponents. They don't lose many games over the course of, from November uh, until the end of February, and you're able to get all the way down to minus 101 by taking both of them. I, I got to say something. This is like the, not only the Toby Mergler flu game, uh, I got to give you credit for being locked in on all the major sports, but also you're locked into college basketball. You do covered in glory. You're locked into the Premier League. I mean, we don't give enough credit to you for keeping your eye on all the sports because I'll be honest, too. Like, I, it's hard for me to get super into college basketball until like the March Madness rolls around. We're still dealing with the NFL playoffs. And obviously, you know, I'm a hockey fan. And the Knicks have been good. Keep my eye on the Knicks here. So uh, I, I, I trust your bets here. Here. I'm going to wait to see um, to which one I'm going to 
to tail or fail here. But again, just wanted to give you a, a, a thumbs up for really uh, being locked in and everything. It's very impressive. Um, I will give my heart bet. And Toby, this is like the most, this is the definition of a heart bet because my second guess would have actually filled it in if the Rangers lost uh, on Sunday mm-hmm. night. I gained that. I, I always make it a trip to go to the Rangers playing in SoCal. Cannot this year. My fiance turned 30. So I guess uh, in theory that that is more important than me seeing my team play, but all good. So uh, I missed seeing the game in uh, in Anaheim and the one in, in uh, Crypto Arena. The Rangers were about to go down 3-1 in the game uh, versus the Ducks, a bad team, one of the worst teams in the league right now. And they the, the booth, uh, the Rangers uh, front office or the coaching staff rather called the uh, there was like an offsides in the goal that overturned the goal uh, for the Ducks, which was uh, the correct call. So it was back to 2-1 in the third period and the Rangers rattled off a bunch of goals in a row. They ended up winning the game uh, five, two. And to me that like was a turning point because they've been struggling as of late. So, like I said, I was almost ready to flip it and get rid of them out of my heart bet, but because I love this team and I still think they have a really good shot of winning the cup, my heart bet, um, the Rangers minus the goal and a half. Uh, this is a, a game on Tuesday night. It's minus minus one thirty-five on Caesars. Uh, and why am I going with them? Why do I feel confident enough to go into them with this game? Well, they're playing the San Jose sharks. And as I said before on this podcast, uh, the San Jose sharks are the worst team in the NHL with a very lowly 26 points on the season, only 11 wins, uh, 31 losses. So um, I am taking the Rangers here. Um, you know, I, I don't even care if they're on the road. San Jose doesn't have much of a home ice advantage anymore with this team. And obviously they want to lose Rangers right now today. Vincent Trocek got announced uh, that he's going to be going to the uh, all-star game as a replacement. Obviously, Artemi Panarin is already there having a phenomenal season. So I like the Rangers. Uh, you know, the power play has been good all season, struggling as of late did score in the power play last night um so i do like the rangers to to win this game and uh, even laying the goal and a half first the very very bad san jose shark so easy hard pick for me after that come from behind win last night one way i'm able to keep up with all these sports is having subject matter expertise in my life like you for hockey brad evans for college basketball i can keep on going down the list those are just some recent guests and like you've been saying since november or october that just fade the sharks every yep. single night so the fact that you've been saying that for the entire season and they're running headlong into your favorite team it's just like i predicted last week that montgomery anytime would be brad's bet i knew this bet was coming as soon as i saw the calendar so i uh i think you're gonna do great on it i'm nervous about playing you when so many obvious hockey hockey bets are on the board and I'm going to try one. Uh, So like I usually do hockey in the head or the heart category because I don't have the subject matter expertise that you have. And sometimes that's a blessing, right? Where you can just get out of it. Just look at the numbers, get out of what your eyes are telling you on the ice from, uh, from night to night and look for value. And I think there's value in Dreisaitl scoring a goal on Tuesday night against the Blue Jackets. The Oilers are the hottest team in all of hockey. I know you have a lot of Oilers bets coming this week, so I'd be surprised to hear you hated this one. They haven't played since Saturday, so they're going to have fast uh, legs out there on the ice. And Dreisaitl has scored in 19 of the last 14 games. And the Blue Jackets are second worst in the entire league in goals against per game, giving them up almost four per night. So the Oilers have a great chance to light the lamp, you know, three, four, five times. I certainly like their superstar to be one of them. And the fact that it's plus 100, I don't even have to play any juice for this whatsoever. Looks like a rat line, but I'm eating the cheese. 
Well, the reason why I didn't uh, tail your first bet in college basketball, because I saw this one. And as you tease it, Toby, uh, you know, my heater bet may have to do with the Oilers upcoming. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But you nailed it. Uh, I'm going to tail this bet. I love Dreisaitl. Um, You know, the Oilers are at their best when their best players are playing as well. And that's obviously Connor McDavid and uh, and Leon Dreisaitl here. Their uh, power play also has been historically good as long as these guys have been healthy on the ice together. Him, It's a great number, plus money for him to score a goal is great and you pointed out to columbus uh, a very young team uh, they're not really there yet they're a couple years away they are a very very bad team they are last place in the metro second to last in the eastern conference so i think this is a, a you know a game that they're they're not going to really be in it i, I do think dry will score there and I, i'd love to tell that one um and to give with uh my my head bet obviously sticking with hockey here sticking with the team i just talked about the san jose sharks uh tonight monday night i know we're recording this a little bit later but i i promise like this is uh I bet you got to make when you listen to this podcast, the Kings have just owned the San Jose Sharks. The Kings are home. Uh, the Sharks have lost to the Kings five to one and four to one this season. If you do the math quickly, that's uh, outscoring them nine to two. Um, LA is really good. LA actually beat the Rangers a couple nights ago and an impressive two one game for the return of Jonathan Quick to the Staples slash crypto arena. Um, so I, I think that LA is a team. They're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. They always play the, the Oilers tough. Um, they're just built a really good way from the pipes up. And again, San Jose just wants no part of winning games um, and they struggle mightily versus a really tough defensive minded Kings team. So uh, I like the Kings line, the goal and a half it's minus minus one fifty five uh, to win their, uh, the game tonight versus a very, very bad Kings team. And it's a late puck drop. So you can probably get it in even after you listen right. to the show and the Rangers line might also be up at that time. I think it will be. So if you want to live, not live and not just survive a Rangers Kings parlay against these horrible sharks, listen to Eddie fade them yeah. the entire way. It's going to be somewhere around plus 200. So look at that one as well. And like, let's stick with this, Eddie. Like I'm not going to give my heater first because I'm punting on my heater. I want to get in a lot of NFL action. Mm-hmm. And the best way for me to do that is to do NFL bets uh, at the end of the week in the heater category. So there's nothing that's going to cash between now and our next showtime. So I'm going to punt this as the odds get better uh, published throughout the week. I will say, if you see a market that you think is is maybe a little soft, go ahead and jump on it early. The one that uh, jumped out to me was Mahomes over one and a half touchdown passes is minus 125. So it's actually coming down from where it was last week, even as we enter into this clutch period and Mahomes trying to prove himself. But I know, Eddie, you are sticking with the ice and you got more Oilers talk coming our way. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason why I, I tailed your dry sidle pick here. One of the best players in the game uh, on a team that's incredibly hot, a team that had to fire their coach. Um, you know, they t- they hired uh, this guy, uh, Chris Knobloch, from the Rangers organization, who was probably in line to be the next head coach on the road. Um, reason why? Because he coached Connor McDavid in juniors. Um, so it's it's a just, a, and they hire, I believe, his agent to the front office. Anyway, the, the point is that Edmonton was in a bad spot. And it was a, the point where, like, you have to trade the best player in hockey, the best player of this generation, because it's something that's just not working that the goaltending is an issue. The defense has never really been good in his kind of tenure there. Uh, so they make these moves and, um, and now this team is just firing on all cylinders. 13 straight wins, which is a Canadian team record uh, in the first matchup, which we talked about a little bit because of your bet. Uh, they are at home playing Columbus. Like I said, they're second to last place um, in the uh, the last place in the Metro, second to last in the East, um, you know, with only 37 points here. Like just a, a bad team, a young team, a team that needs a couple more years to get better. Uh, I don't see how the Oilers don't win this game. Um, I, I, it's minus 160 to, to lay it. They are at home to the Oilers, so I love this one. So that's part of the heaters. So then I was looking at it. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be 
lame and go against this. Uh, I like this streak. It's fun to see them succeed. So yeah, easy bet to make there. And again, a, a little tease, a couple other easy matches coming up for this week. But again, I want to be fun. I want to keep riding the streak while it lasts. I like seeing Connor McDavid succeed. Um, so good times in Edmonton. And again, back to more of those bets on future episodes of Trendy this week. I think it's really interesting to watch the puck line versus the money line because they are the hottest team in hockey, but it is a lot of one goal margins. Mm -hmm. So trying to pick the right bet against the odds and like relying too much on the hot streak versus which bets actually cash or something to pay attention to as you give out more heaters this week, but there's no one better than you to do that. So as I said, we need to give out some lines for Tuesday. You were already nice enough to uh, say that I do follow soccer very closely. The lines that are the most advanced published in all of sports gambling is the NFL and soccer odds. So if the NFL is ending and you're looking for a sport to pick up to get a little more action down, this is one of the easiest ones to do it because they post way in advance. And we have on Tuesday, we have Chelsea versus Middlesbrough in the League Cup semifinals. If you haven't heard of Middlesbrough, you have a whole lot of company. They are a mid-table team in the second division of the English Premier League. It's kind of like if you're betting the NCAA and you know this is like a one versus 16 seed at the very beginning of the tournament. But sometimes those go the wrong way. Ask my Cavaliers, ask Purdue. Uh, you can't have upsets. So we actually, they take place over two legs, and there was an upset, Eddie, the first time around. Middlesbrough shocked the world and defeated the billion-dollar Chelsea team 1-0, to zero, but now they have to defend this league, this lead in the second leg. So Chelsea has to either win this match by two, or they have to uh, win by one, and then they'll go into extra time or penalty shootouts. So if I'm Middlesbrough and I am wildly outclassed, wildly outtalented, I'm playing on the road. I am playing every single human being wearing my jerseys, whether they be fans, whether they be attendants, whether it be anybody, and I am parking them in front of the goal, and I'm trying to get a shutout, and just like they did last time, win to nil. So there's a bet out there that says Chelsea and Middlesbrough, both teams to score no, and you're getting almost even money at minus one. 15. So Middlesbrough is going to play an extraordinarily de defensive posture. If Chelsea chokes like they did last time, they're a threat to win this bet for you. And then if Chelsea jumps out to a goal lead or a two goal lead and they have to defend this in order to advance, they are way better, way better than Middlesbrough. And I think they can keep a clean sheet. So I think there's two scenarios in which you can hit this. And even if there was one, I'd be happy to pay even money. Well, that's why it's your cred bet. Uh, covering glory. Toby and Brett listen to it. I trust everything they say because I know absolute zero about anything to do with soccer or football or the EPL. Uh, the one thing I do know, and that's why this is my cred bet, is uh, when one of the worst teams or, you know, potentially the worst team in the league, especially missing their best player and Connor Bedard is playing the best team in the league, the Vancouver Canucks, in terms of wins and points, 31 wins already for the Vancouver Canucks. No one really saw that coming. Uh, they are matching up. The Blackhawks are coming to Vancouver on Monday night. Canucks, I like laying the goal and a half. It's minus 170. I know it's a, a bad thing to lay, but it's an easy bet. It's, it, it's a bet that should win. Again, the number one overall pick, the next uh, McDavid, if you will, and Bedard missing time. Um, you know, I, I just think that Vancouver with that amount of wins and only, you know, five home losses this entire season. And they have guys in like Quinn Hughes leading in plus minus. And you have JT Mill in the top five and scoring great goaltending all all year long, too, from uh, from Vancouver. Um, I just think that this game is a shoe in. I just can't see how Vancouver loses this game because they're just not losing at a, a clip like that. So I just think Chicago is going to struggle mightily versus a team that's just playing really well in all facets. 
All right, college basketball, hockey, soccer, NFL futures, all of it. Like we, This show still has a place to talk after uh, Super Bowl Sunday, and I hope that you'll come back and enjoy it with us, particularly when we have experts like Eddie on to talk puck. Uh, I think that we need to take a break, do our Second Guest Express, do some plugs, and then we know it's late, get you to make some of these bets before they expire. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Eddie, we are back. I took honors the first time around. Why don't you give everybody your second guess express? So I was joking before that I wanted to almost use this bet for my heart um, because that was just so uh, up and down with the Rangers at a roller coaster of a game the other night here. So the the one bet I was kind of keying in on the uh, New York Islanders, they fired their head coach, Lane Lambert, um, and they promoted a guy uh, by the name of Patrick Waugh. Uh, you might have heard of him, one of the greatest goaltenders of all time now as their their new head coach. He uh, did have a stint already in Colorado. I believe made the playoffs his first season as head coach, but then uh, two straight years of no playoffs, and that ended his head coaching stint there. But the Knights and the money line at the Islanders is plus 110. Um, I think that if a team loses four straight until they won last night, which the Islanders did, they only had two wins in their last 10 games, again, up until last night. This is a team that's clearly struggling, a, a clear lack of talent, even though the Knights are missing uh, Jack Eichel. Uh, I, there's just still enough talent there. They're, they're second right now in the Pacific Division. Um, so obviously a very, very good team, a team that's going to make the playoffs, whereas the Islanders right now are out of the playoff position. Um, I just like the Knights to go in there. A team still jumbling around trying to find the new head coach's message. They might be changing some stuff in practice. I think they got that little quick burst of like the rejuvenation from firing the coach, and you kind of see that happen throughout all sports. But I think consistently this team will probably struggle the rest of the way. And I just think when you have a team, a tough team from the West coming in, uh, and again, the Stanley Cup winners from last season, the Golden Knights, I like them to win this game, the money line. So that's why I almost had that for my hard pick, but instead my second guest express. My second guess express is my favorite pick of the day, Eddie. And the only reason it's not my cred pick is the timing. Uh, so if you hear this by the time that the Sixers and the Spurs actually tip, please consider making this bet. Wemby over one and a half threes is a plus number tonight at plus 110. And this comes down to game script. When you're playing a monster like Embiid, when you're 7'4 with 210 pounds, but you have the range, you need to utilize it. And that's what happens when the Sixers play against centers who can stress 
the floor. When you have the Porzingis's, the Horfers, the Miles Turners, the Brooke Lopez's, they all go over this number. You can look it up in the game log because they're trying to get Embiid away from the basket. So Wemby, full of youth, full of vigor, trying to prove himself. Maybe he'll try to bang with Embiid early, but expect him to step out on the perimeter very fast there afterwards and get some threes up. He's a good enough shooter to bury two, no problem. He's also hit this bet in eight out of 10 games, even when he isn't going against one of the biggest monsters in the league. And if you want to throw Embiid in there, because Embiid's a competitive guy and he sees Wemby make a couple threes and he wants to show the young buck that he can do it too. If you take a FGP of Wemby over 1.5 threes with just one three from Embiid trying to match the young buck, you can get all the way up to plus 195. Well, that's something else. I know that uh, Wemby has been kind of uh, the end of the team's bad, but he's been kind of uh, up and down throughout this uh, entire rookie season for a little bit harder transition than I thought. And I just read something too that the team executives are not allowed to talk to him beyond nine o'clock because he has an hour of reading before he goes to bed. So he's not to be contacted by his own organization. Just some weird stuff. The NBA, the players love to have like more power than anyone else. I've never seen a league like it, but um, you know, again, it's your favorite bet. So I trust you. I have not been locked into every Spurs game. I will admit. Yeah. Well, Kyler Murray has that too, but he's reading Fortnite instructions. That's very true. Uh, so Eddie, I know one reason we take just slightly later is you were wrapping up minus three with Shaq. What did you guys cover today? We had on Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated, uh, in my opinion, one of the best NFL media guys out there, not just because he comes on the show, but he uh, he seems to always tweet something I'm always thinking. And another reason why I, I do love his work is because he attacks the referees and uh, not just in the way that myself and Dave and Hench do on the Thursday minus three, but he actually writes these very long, detailed articles that have, you know, bullet points of uh, crucial NFL officiating mistakes that happen throughout the the different games from week to week and he gets NFL sources NFL the guys in the league uh coming on and saying how there's issues and he thinks there will be some changes this offseason because he said it has been worse than ever and obviously with the addition of gambling which we all love and do um it needs to be really corrected so great stuff there plus he is a Chiefs fan so they go really in on Josh Allen I will say if you listen to it he's a lot different uh opinion on Josh Allen than I do and I guess that we both do um so that was an interesting thing to listen to that uh Josh Allen is just not that good and compared him to like Philip Rivers and Matt Stafford pre-Rams. So yeah, pretty harsh. Wow. All right. Well, our competition this week extends beyond just trendy. I'm sure on waiver wire, you're going to talk about our internal postseason fantasy league where I am your biggest threat. I, I am ch- uh, threatening to run you down. I won it two years ago. I forget what place I was last year. I think I might've been second. You all, I was dismissively called the soccer guy, but contest after contest, I'm right there at the top. So if Lamar Jackson has two big games, you guys are in trouble. I look forward to hearing you guys break that down. Lemon pepper parlay. We're going to get to hear Mark Gunnels celebrate yet another KC victory over the bill so that'll be fun and then we'll be back later in the week with more trendy covered in glory and the uh hit show the 15 minute pregame show so uh eddie thank you so much for hanging in there with me i apologize that i'm a little bit under the weather weather sorry we got this up late folks but get these bets in for tuesday we will be back with another edition we'll have some bets for you on wednesday until then take care everyone 